Welcome to E1 of Belief Over Doubt, where we work to apply Bible basics to real-life situations. I'm your host for the show, Robert Polk. Today's topic is dealing with those in authority or who happen to be in authoritative positions over you at different times. This could be a teacher, a boss, a landlord, it could be a parole officer. I don't know your situation. I do know that this topic gets tricky, but hopefully it's timely as well. As I discussed, I want to try to take real-life situations and figure out what the Bible says so that we have something positive to reflect on or to focus on when you come across challenges in your day-to-day. Before I really dive into the topic, this is E1, so I feel like I should take a moment and tell you a little bit about me. I am a Christian, so a lot of my thoughts are heavily rooted in the Baptist faith and message. And due to the nature of this channel, I hope to spend an appropriate amount of time discussing the Bible and Christ-like principles. Some of my thoughts come from lessons that I continue to learn in my 12 years as a husband, in a devoted, loving, a God-ordained, inseparable, and rewarding marriage, or as an engaged father to three healthy, happy, and intelligent children. You know, these two roles, husband and father, teach me a lot, and I plan to share some of my life experiences from those roles in this form. Of course, some come from my parents, my sisters and brothers, um, my aunts and uncles and grandparents. You know, my community really raised me. And I know that some of you may be tuned in, so first and foremost, know that I love you and I am thankful for you. Um, But I do apologize in advance because I'm gonna share some stories and lessons learned from you loving, intelligent, and beautiful thugs. Uh, (laughs) No, but but seriously, y'all may hear some street come out from our roots in Detroit, or you may hear me turn on from my professional experience in the casino industry, an industry where I've been blessed enough to serve for 20 years, or almost 20 years, turning the casino floor into a pool pit or random people from different departments into a congregation. I've learned to share the message of Jesus wherever I am. I have a degree in biblical studies and a degree in business administration, but you'll never hear me claim to be a theologian, more like the dedicated layman. Again, most of my professional experience is in the casino world. But this journey God has me on has led me to serving as an executive pastor with the church being planted here in North Las Vegas, and I'm stepping out of my comfort zone to share with you here on this channel. In naming the show Belief Over Doubts, I thought it was appropriate and it was reflective of where I am right now. I am committed to Christ, and I am growing as a Christian. Well, I believe I'm growing as a Christian, and I'm learning to courageously share my faith. But I have moments of doubt, I have moments of fatigue, and I want people to know that it's okay. It's okay, it's not abnormal, and it's not a sin. In Jude 22, we hear Jude, the brother of James, asking for mercy for those who doubt. Today, I ask you for the same. I do plan to put more content out here, uh, hopefully about once a week, uh, and I hope that you don't miss any, so try to catch it as I share it. Um, All you have to do is click the like and subscribe, If you don't like it, please still click the like and subscribe. I'm hoping to get to double digits by the end of the summer. Um, If you want to send me prayer requests or have questions that you'd like me to answer, uh, please send them to beliefoverdoubts at gmail.com and share your comments below. Alright, so getting back to today's topic. There are certain memories that play over and over in your mind. Certain triggers that can bring back thoughts or feelings. Uh, Some good that can make you smile in the worst of situations. Some tough enough to make you cry while people around you laugh. One of my triggers is when people used to ask me if I was a Lions fan. 
I know I don't need an excuse not to be one. I was there during the 0-16 season. But I never really shared what happened in 1999 when I was actually going to a Lions game. I remember the plan, though. I remember we met at my dad's house, and we were all going to be in the suite. Um, my father, two of my stepbrothers, and my brother-in-law at the time. I don't remember who they played. I don't remember if they won or lost. Truthfully, I'm struggling to remember if we even made it to the game. What I do remember from that day are feelings. I remember being the young guy in the group. Yes, I was young at one time. But I remember being the young guy in the group, right into the game, excited about the sweet experience, about spending time with the fellas, just feeling happy, safe. I remember a feeling of pride to be part of this group. They were a good group of dudes, but you didn't want no smoke with none of them. They were able to talk, have high-end business conversations. We could talk about sports or play sports. We had plenty of jokes. It was just a good, fun group. It was family, you know? But I remember the next set of feelings, confusion and fear. At one point, a fear for my life. We took two cars, and I remember riding, listening to music, and chilling. Our path took us out of Detroit, through Southfield and Oak Park, into Ferndale, um, I think we were headed towards I-75, but I don't remember exactly what happened. But I remember something drew my focus, and I saw a Detroit squad car riding up 696 Freeway, which was extremely rare, because they really don't have jurisdiction there unless they were following somebody out of Detroit. As we continued to ride, I noticed Southfield Police, Oak Park Police, and Ferndale Police. As I started to speak up, I noticed that I saw Michigan State Troopers were joining the Calvary. Had no idea they were all looking for us. My memories get fuzzy after that, and the next thing I remember are my father's eyes as he watched me getting cuffed on the side of the freeway while all these officers swarming from various jurisdictions were yelling about securing the area, some with guns drawn. I remember thinking about all the lessons that I had been taught on dealing with the police. I don't truly remember what happened between lights and sirens and being cuffed, probably because for that gap of time, I wasn't me anyway. I was the person that I was taught to be so that I can get home safely if I ever had to interact with the police. I, I was focusing so much on these rules of survival. Remember, the goal is just to get home safely. Even if you feel you were disrespected, just get home safely. Be polite and respectful. Your normal message, tone, pace, it, it could be considered just disrespectful and heighten the situation. Don't under any circumstance get into an argument with the police. It also can heighten the situation. Keep your hands in plain sight and make sure that the police can see your hands at all times. You don't want to heighten the situation. Avoid physical contact with the police. No sudden movements and keep your hands out of your pockets. You don't want them asking about why your hands are in your pocket. Do not run. Even if you're afraid, even if others run, do not run. It can heighten the situation. Don't try to stand up for others in your group. It can heighten the situation. Now these were just some of the lessons that I had to learn in my early teens about surviving interactions with the police. And unfortunately, I believe I'll have to teach my kids the same. Now this message probably conflicts with messages being taught across the country. Um, it's not as seen on TV or in movies where you get pulled over have some banter back and forth with the cops. May laugh and joke with the cops. Um, maybe speed off or whatever. Those weren't my reality. Those scenes were always mind-blowing to me.
my reality was I had to learn to turn on when I spoke with cops. I had actually become pretty good at it by this time. The stakes were never this high. I probably had eight or nine negative interactions with police at this point in my life. And the truth is, in 1999, at the age of 19, this was the third time that I was being cuffed. And though I played sports and I was arguably strong, I knew how to look and sound non-threatening. Most of my friends didn't have this opportunity or benefit as most were taller or thicker, and some honestly were just darker. Though I don't remember anything about the game that day, I do remember that one of my stepbrothers and my brother-in-law were both arrested that day. Neither had open warrants, drugs, or weapons on them. They were just arrested that day. And for the record, I do have a lot of love and respect for law enforcement. I have plenty of members of my family who are retired law enforcement or retired from the U.S. Armed Forces. But I did learn early on that dealing with those in authority can be life-saving, life-changing, or even life-ending if I didn't follow the basic rules of survival. Now, when I started this discussion, I mentioned dealing with people in authority. Now, it wasn't to target the police or to make you cringe. This is just a story from my experience that I actually lived and I thought that I would share it in this form. People in authority can be anyone, a boss, a parent, a coach, anyone. But the thought of having someone, of someone having authority over you does create feelings in some other people and make them uneasy. So I find it when I find that when you made up your mind about what kind of person someone is in any role, it becomes very difficult to A, change that perception, and B, submit to someone that you don't believe in. That's why I focus on what God wants me to do in these situations. Submitting to him is not submitting to anyone else. It is about doing what's right in the eyes of God. So what does God want us to do? What does the Bible say about submission? Now I'm not sure how familiar you are with the book of Romans, but to quickly put it in the context, Paul, inspired by God, wrote the book of Romans. Now Paul walked with, studied with, prayed with, broke bread with Jesus. Paul was a direct disciple of Jesus. Now, Paul was also often persecuted by authorities for living out loud as a Christian. He, he actually wrote four letters, which became books of the Bible, while he was in jail. Out of the, 17, out of the 179,000 words or so in your New Testament, depending on which translation you use, this dude wrote over 50,000 of them. He wrote 28% of the New Testament. In Romans 13, 1 through 7, he tells us, Let everyone be subject to governing authorities. For there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. And those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers have no terror for those who do right but for those who do wrong. Do you want to be free from the fear of one in authority? Then do what is right and you will be commended. For the one in authority is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid. For rulers do not bear the sword for no reason. They are God's servants, agents of wrath, to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. Therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities, not only because of possible punishment, but also as a matter of conscience. This is also why you pay taxes, for the authorities are God's servants, who give their full time to government. Give to everyone what you owe them. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If you owe revenue, 
pay revenue. If respect, then respect, and if honor, then honor. I believe this makes it extremely clear who we're offering respect to when we offer respect to those in authority. It also puts it into perspective for me who is in charge because this is who put those people in authority. When man, no matter what rank or position, claim to be uh, in charge and they get to puffing up their chest, it's nice to be able to focus on the king of kings and humble myself to do his will, not theirs. If I disrespect a person, it brings disrespect to God and it's running against his will. It's not what I want to do. And in my experience, the one thing that I've seen cause more grief, pain, and loss than almost anything else is pride. Pride challenges us every step of the way when dealing with people in authority. 1 Peter 5 and 5 says, Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to those who are older. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility towards one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. I know it's hard to say that you should listen to or humble, some, humble yourself to someone just because they're older than you, but it is a great place to start. More importantly, this passage highlights how God views the proud and how he views those who choose to live with humility. Now please understand that I intentionally chose to use the word choose here because God gives us free will. And every time that you choose to live humbly, opposed to being blinded by pride, we honor God and move forward towards the fulfillment of his will. Alright, so one more quick passage from the book of Titus, who was a disciple of Paul, who again was a disciple of Jesus. In 1 Titus 3, 1 and 3, Paul tells Titus, Remind the people to be subject to the rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever, it, whatever is good to slander no one, and to be peaceable and considerate and always be gentle towards one another. Then he reminded them that at one time, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. I read this and I was thinking like, we could have wrote this yesterday, but it wasn't. I just have to take a moment and give thanks that God's word doesn't expire. All right. Believe it or not, I'm not trying to preach on this channel, but I am trying to drill home a few different thoughts just to arm you for the storm. Because right now, you're probably listening to this video, or I hope you are. You're probably driving or at home, who knows. And I can tell you that if it hasn't happened yet, there will be a time where you will conflict with those in authority, either in act, in policy or process, or rule, or observation. And you will need something to keep you focused or grounded because it's just too easy to snap. It's harder to take a breath, pray, and then do what's right. I want you to know that the world expects you to fail. They want to see that you're just like them and not like Christ. I really just want you to know that you have a choice. When people behave ignorantly, you don't have to. When people sin, you don't have to. But I want you to also know that it's okay to feel a certain way. Years ago, I had a friend of mine tell me that I don't care about what happened to you. I care about how you react to what happens to you. And I need you to know that God not only cares about you, but he also cares about how you react to what happens to you. That's why he provided us with these tools. And as promised, I'm just hoping to express to you different ways to apply God's word to real life situations. And from the passages today, I hope that you picked up some Bible basics, but a couple things that I picked up from the reading of Jude, 
I put that we should always grant mercy to others. To be clear, Merriam-Webster defines mercy as compassionate treatment to those in distress. From the reading of Romans, I put that God is in charge and wants us to respect those who are in authority because he put them there. From the reading of 1 Peter, I put that we should always give, that, that God gives grace to those who live humbly and he opposes the proud. From the reading of Titus, I put that we should always be ready to do what is good, not only to those who look up to you or those next to you, but also to those above you. That's what I got. So, again, I'm Robert Polk, and this was E1 of Belief Over Doubts. I truly thank you for listening, and I ask that you leave a comment below or email me with any questions, prayer requests, or thoughts at beliefoverdoubts at gmail.com. Keep checking out the channel for more content. Be blessed and be safe.